Good evening, Tintin Heads. What you're about to listen to is a episode of another podcast I do called Good Book Boys, in which I read and discuss books with my friend Josh. And we recently read the book Tintin in the New World, a romance. Now this is going to be a bit more conversational and a bit more informal than the usual Radio Tintin reviews, but it is Tintin related, so I think you might just enjoy it. So I hope you enjoy it and your regularly scheduled Tintin reviews will be back very shortly. way of saying I'm having a beer and I wish I phrased it differently. How are you, Josh? <laughs> I, I think that's a fine way to phrase it. I, I agree. I'm I'm about one and a bit uh, margaritas deep, so um, oh, also getting wet inside. You, <laughs> how often do you uh, enjoy cocktails? Uh, it is a recent development of something Steph and I wanted to be doing be doing for a while but uh this evening's the first time we've actually gone out and gotten some spirits and made something so what's next after the after the um margarita well we've got some gin to use so we might do some mojitos at some point mm. it's actually pronounced mojito because it's got oh, a j in it right yeah sorry my bad but we're not here to discuss cocktails because we're not the good cocktail boys we are in fact the Good Book Boys, and this is Good Book Boy number one, Alex. And Good Book Boy number two, Josh. Uh, here to talk to you about what is or is not a good book, exactly. and uh, what are we what are we analysing today, Josh? Well, this this week uh, it's a novel uh, picked by yourself, hmm. and it is Tintin, a romance, is it not? Well, I've got Tintin in the New World, a romance. There you go. Tintin in the New World, a romance. By Frederick Tutin, uh, who I believed was European, but he's not. He's uh, he's American. I just thought the many things that led me to believe this was a by a European author, but we'll get to that in due time. Um, I, I would have expected that too, because the professor yeah. says about, uh, something about being friends with Hirsch. Yes, Hirsch. and we will definitely dive into that. Um could you, do you have the blurb there, or would you like me to take this one? I think you should take this one. Certainly. Tintin, one of the world's favourite characters, has travelled to Yucatan and Tibet, the South Sea, and even to the moon. But he has never journeyed into his own mind. Tintin, the boy detective, is trapped in the body and psyche of a teenager. While he fights evil, his own demons sleep. Then he is called to Machu Picchu, accompanied by Captain Haddock and Snowy, where he meets the woman he will fall in love with. That is the uh, premise for Tintin in the New World, a romance. Um, Briefly, for the uninitiated, uh, Tintin is a pre-existing character, a property. I've talked about Tintin before on this podcast, but essentially it's a series of comic albums the 23 completed comic albums released from 1929 to, I want to say, 76 is the last one, mid-70s, so big span of the 20th century, by uh, Belgian cartoonist Hergé. 
and uh, it's sort of an adventure series, you know, aimed at children, the primarily aimed at children. The titular character, Tintin, uh, doesn't age at all. He's uh, he's stays this sort of it's ambiguous what his, you know, origins and what his age is. But, you know, young teenager, it's sort of assumed, you know, um, on the maybe on the cusp of adulthood, you could say. And uh, he stays the same age throughout even though the world around him is changing uh, you know the, the adventures deal with you know proto-fascists uh, to you know uh, communist dictatorships in third world countries you know big span of the 20th century but he essentially remains the same um, so it was interesting to hear about this book which I've been aware of for a while and sort of this idea of of this ageless reporter sort of coming of age if you will pun definitely intended yes um, um, before we but- can, before Sorry, you go. Oh, you I was just going to say, whilst whilst the the Tintin albums are aimed at children, they hate, they do have a charm um, that yes. is not lost on adults, and is definitely yes, something that can right. be visited as someone who is not a child anymore. Well, someone someone could perhaps um, dedicate a large portion of their time to uh, reading and reviewing them. Yeah, I don't know why anyone books. would do that though. Well, hang on, don't don't bag it, you know, because <laughs> as we've just said, uh, if someone was to produce a podcast called Radio Tintin and analyze, you know, the uh, sort of look at these these albums from the adult perspective. You're absolutely right. I sort of skipped over that. There's absolutely a lot to be appreciated um, as an adult in both terms of the storyline and the philosophy and the artwork. And because it was so influential, this is partly why I expected it to be by a European author, sort of uh, as sort of post, I guess, you know, 1960s, a sort of new wave of intellectualism in Europe, it became very fashionable to sort of interpret Tintin, this sort of rather innocent, innocuous character and what he might represent. So yeah. I will get off the bat by saying I, I didn't, I don't mind necessarily someone else interpreting, interpreting Tintin. Mm. And I knew this was going to be a philosophical novel in the sense that it wasn't just going to be like a Tintin fan fiction. It wasn't going to be like my own Tintin fan fiction uh, mm. in the work since uh, circa 2011. It wasn't just going to be your standard adventure. I knew it was going to be a more adult look, sort of looking at at, at the psychology of Tintin. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any problems with that per se, but I do have some problems with how it was explored in this novel. Mm. Um, would you like to take us to – would you like to briefly summarise the story? Before we sort of dive into what we liked or didn't like, Joshua, uh, what's the story? Well, the story finds us at the start at Marlin Spike with a somewhat melancholy Tintin um, who is essentially bored. Um, not much is going on. He hasn't been on an adventure in a little while. Um, and whilst, you know, he is quite well off and doesn't need to worry about anything, just kind of living the idle life is not for him. Um, and so, yeah, he's quite kind of depressed in the in the in the early chapters of the book until he gets a notice, um, a, a letter from memory, some sort of instruction to go to this town in Machu Picchu, um, which he, you know, really gets excited about and um, and kind of travels to this town. He meets a set of characters um, and kind of follows the discussions among these sets of characters um there's a extended dream sequence he meets the woman that's mentioned in the back um on the cover and kind of has some yeah internal you know mental 
uh, awakenings, turmoil. and that's you know the 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 sum thrust of the novel is really that I mean not much else kind of occurs. Yeah. There's not any of the traditional Tintin uh, activity or you know fair. No, um, it's definitely not a Tintin expect. adventure. You know you'd think Machu Picchu uh, exciting. You know there's going to be a, uh, a set of pirates that want to steal Machu Picchu or something. Well, mm. no, it's not Machu Picchu that's being stolen, but Tintin's heart just might be. Now I didn't <laughs> know this until I looked it up afterwards. Mm. Uh, the characters that Tintin meets mm-hmm. are from a novel, a 1924 novel by German novelist Thomas Mann called The Magic Mountain. Did um, were you aware of this? I was not aware of this, and this is a novel not that I. That I've been wanting to read for ages and okay, haven't checked well, out yet. So that's well, there you go. Well, you got more reason to do it now. So, um, which I be, I believe I certainly know from cursory um looking up researching this book is that it it is also itself a coming of age novel mm. in the same sense that I guess this one is as well. So I uh I I didn't know that at all. I don't know how my interpretation might have been different, but I was obviously the title Tintin the New World and my love the Tintin. I was after the everything else was the secondary besides the Tintin. Um, Josh, I'm a bit confused about how I go about explaining how much this novel sucked. <laughs> I'm glad that you've said that off the bat because I really have the same feeling and I was not um I was interested to 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 see how you felt about it, given that you're kind of a bit further into the pool of Tintin and a little mm. bit more committed to the uh, to the whole niche, um, but I agree. I, I think blanketly, mm. the novel is just super rough. What do you mean by rough? Because just. because I will say it's very prosy. And mm. I think you have a greater appreciation for prose than I do. Mm. Did you appreciate the long, long, long conversations that Tintin listens to and does not partake in for most of them? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, yeah. if I'm honest. Like prose, prose and conversations like that, they need to be important and they need to be interesting. Um, but really, like a good third of the book is these two characters yabbering on at each other, kind of arguing random philosophical things that yeah. have no real bearing on anything at all. Yeah, I, I would say Tintin probably has 25 lines in the novel, maybe a yeah. bit more, but the bulk of the talking is not done by Tintin. No, um, some is, what are they? Setembrini and Naptha? Is and that Naptha, the two? Yeah. yeah, they're the two that are constantly arguing. Two of this sort of party of uh, travelers that that Tintin and Haddock and Snowy joined. It was a very interesting choice to not have, uh, I guess, Tintin more involved in these conversations. Mm. Um, and it's not like, again, if they had been having these conversations. And then the author shows how Tintin reacts to them as as this naive character. I, that's what I thought, sort of thought we were getting. Mm. This this um this very naive character, this very innocent character, this timeless character, being thrust into this very complicated world and seeing how he responds to that. One of the biggest problems I had is Tintin, particularly in how he speaks. He speaks exactly like all of the other characters. It doesn't sound like 
Tintin. And I thought, yeah. okay, maybe they've lost something in translation. No, this was written in English, first of all. Mm. Tintin is hardly recognizable yeah. as Tintin. Yeah, I, I'd 100% agree with that. I was going to say that, you know, the Tintin in this novel is actually super dislikable and mm. is, yeah, I agree also, just not recognizable with the, you know, the, the Tintin of the comic books. And I think, you know, there's, there's two ways to talk about this novel. I, if you took, if you took away everything Tintin, right, yeah. renamed all the characters, yeah. had it nothing to do with Tintin, it would still be a terrible book. That's what I was <laughs> you know? thinking. And, yeah. And the the tin, and then and then you add the Tintin stuff back in. But it's almost it's, worse because you haven't it, done service to the character. Exactly, and then you're just kind of trashing on the the actual, you know, the the lo- the beloved characters. Um, of Tintin. So it's just such a strange, I was, I was bewildered the whole time I was reading this novel. I was bewildered. A, how did this come into existence just in its own right? B, how did the, um, estate of Tintin allow this to be written and still be proliferated, proliferated? Um, Can I, can I offer my suggestion? Yeah. So the estate holders of Tintin are, as we've, discussed in private as i'll tell anyone who listens uh notoriously litigious Mm. Uh, they do not want anything unauthorized being published and this is supposedly in accordance with um urge's sort of um request that no one else sort of depict his characters that was what he really didn't like to do even in 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 like other projects that involved the Tintin characters, he always wanted to draw the characters. Other mm. people could draw the backgrounds and stuff. So with that in mind, there's been no, in the same, not in the same way as, uh, for example, Asterix has continued on with uh, different authors. Uh, Blake mm. and Mortimer, which was a another uh, Franco-Belgian comic, has continued on past the death of his original author. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but there's been no Tintin. So this is, like, off the top of my head, the only authorized instance of someone besides Urge actually writing Tintin. Mm. And I think it's possible from my preliminary research online, this was originally published at a time when Urge was still alive. And mm. um, okay. yeah, it first appeared in their entire it's altered like, form in 1970, the... 1975. Oh. Yeah, according to my... my uh, yeah, maybe that's right. For some reason in my head, I had like the mid to late 90s, but... Um, and I think it's entirely possible. This is at a time when Urge wasn't writing the stories. So he'd sort of got, he'd sort of got bored of writing the Tintin stories. He was more interested, and this is not uh, insult or, or saying it in a cynical way, he was more interested in, I guess, um, securing the legacy of the Tintin character. And this is yep. a time when all those intellectuals were, you know, um, re-evaluating Tintin, you know, Andy Warhol drew Urge and he said what an inspiration Tintin was. It was sort of Tintin was getting, was sort of viewed post fact. So mm. I think this is probably at a time, Urge became, this is my theory, Urge became aware of this at a time when he was trying to, um, yeah, further, further the, the legacy of the character. And he thought, you know, there's any interpretation is, is good. If they're talking about Tintin, that's fine. And he probably gave it his blessing, which is why it, it's able to be still published. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's why I think it is, but it's, it's, it's very disappointing that you'd have to think how many authors would love to write a Tintin story, you know, even not necessarily an album, write a Tintin novel, just like yeah. how, how much they'd love to have that chance. And the, the only thing that gets authorized is this thing, which 
I think does a greater disservice to the character than any fan art, which is yeah. so, uh, so vehemently so chased down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this is does a much greater disservice. That's my theory for how it was made. Yeah. Okay. Um, was there anything you liked about this? Not really. I the every every chapter I was just kind of like annoyed with what was going on. I, yeah. you know, I we've spoken about how. Tintin's unrecognizable Haddock was just like irrelevant. Haddock's just barely there. He was just there for the sake of saying his name. Yeah. Um they tried to give Snowy a consciousness, um, but it was is in the same vein as Tintin. It was just not See, not I, right. That is probably one of the few bright spots I found in this was uh t- was Snowy's in a monologue. For some reason, I didn't mind Snowy the dog speaking so you know uh properly and you know pretentiously because he's a dog that's kind of funny i i was more annoyed i think actually yeah, I guess... Snowy's, Snowy's character quite well and it's quite interesting to see these in the thoughts of dog but i hated when tintin was talking yeah i guess i guess all of it was fine except for when tintin was start, was talking about um banging other dogs i thought <laughs> what the frick? my god <laughs> yeah oh my god listeners uh, have you ever thought hey what if uh, Tintin and Snowy talk about how much they uh, want to... Blistering barnacles! ...their respective females of their species? <laughs> well, if you have, you're in luck, because there's a scene towards the end where they just have that conversation. And, like, I don't want to be... I'm, I am I like to stick to the idea that, like, art is art. It can be whatever. Um, mm. You know, I don't like to to moralize about art, you know, because just because it, it affronts you doesn't mean it's, it's, it's a moral or anything, but on a personal level, like the idea of Tintin, especially as he's depicted, I think he's, he's said to be 12 at the start. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Which is, so, first of all, that's younger than I would consider Tintin, but fair enough. That's probably the age boys start going through puberty. Fair enough. I don't want to see that Tintin. Oh no, not that I don't want to see it. It made me uncomfortable to see that Tintin in a uh, sex scene, which yeah. is not is not gratuitous. It doesn't like linger on it, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think you've got to um, you've got to build up to that a bit more, or explain it a different way. It was it was just weird. And again, yeah. I don't want to say that like I'm 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 opposed to an adult take on Tintin. But you've got to do it right. Yeah, this is what the, I was. What I was about to say is that like, it it just needed to be done so much better. Like I'm I I I'm all for a you know an adult interpretation and like a coming of age of characters like Tintin. Yeah. Um, but this was just so poorly handled. It was just there was yeah there was no build up. It was not written very well. Tin you know Tintin himself you know you want to kind of see him move from the point that you like the point within the realm of the character that you understand move to the kind of like going through that going through that awakening and coming out the other side may be different but this was like just a completely unrecognizable from the start and then like some stuff happens and then you know he's like i don't even know if there was even much of a character development within the novel of itself like well look I mean, we don't usually do spoilers on this, but I think I okay. Um, don't listen if you don't want to hear what happens in this story. 
it's not really like a ma- it's not really like a major plot event because it's really quite random. But Tintin uh, gets his heart broken by this woman, and then is contemplating suicide. Then, oh yeah, the blistering f- barnacles. Earth talks to him, <laughs> yeah, uh, grass, and yeah. talks. Yeah, the ground talks him away from suicide. And then what happens? Oh, that's right. He becomes a mythical Incan demigod and protects the natives of South America until he achieves his purpose and dies. Yep. Josh, what the f- blistering barnacles? Part of that sentence describes the Tintin that you or I know or love. What the hell? What the hell was that? <laughs> I, I imagine the I imagine the idea was that because it was written at a time after Tintin was, you know, actively yep. being written about, it was kind of maybe supposed to be like a he's had all these adventures, he mm. goes through this awakening, and then he finds his final calling, and this is like the end of Tintin. I imagine that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be this like circular f- ending of an era type thing. Okay, I think like that's he what finds it was. his final mission, his final purpose. Yes, that, like, yeah, something like that. See, yeah. and that, look, that's interesting, especially since how the the character originated in real life as sort of this very uh, right wing colonial um, character. And it would be really interesting to have maybe a commentary on how he he goes from this at the start of his inception to what he is at the end of this novel, which is defending the, you know, oppressed um, peoples of South America. You know, he goes from being an, uh, a, obj- a object of the oppressor to a defender of the oppressed. That's yep. really interesting. That isn't well done at all. He just no. um, takes some hallucinogenic mushrooms, puts on a jaguar coat and becomes a demigod. What is that? Why the blistering barnacles? Tintin doing this like is it sorry have we been reading the different series sorry what <laughs> I, again, I'm so I'm with not, you I'm not opposed to I guess more mythical elements like for example you know through pretty much the course of a day after losing his virginity and becoming a man he physically becomes a man like he he mm. he, he grows up and again I'm not necessarily opposed to that if it's done in like an interesting way i don't demand necessarily strict realism but it's not again as you said it's not the tintin i know from any point he's not and as you said he's not likable at all he goes he goes from being this insufferable little bitch to being this whiny little bit like where is like the optimism and the positivity and the righteousness that is like the most endearing quality of this character he never appears in this whole novel it was baffling yeah i i yeah I 100% agree. And something else, just like aside from Tintin and the whole thing, I found it really difficult to grasp anything else that was going on. Like, there was section, like, the whole dream sequence yeah, that went on forever. Yeah. Like, that, that was I, strange. Yeah, it went on for a good 70 pages, like yeah. this dream sequence where Tintin envisions a future with this woman and sort of – and that, I'll admit, was, was for me one of the more interesting parts of the novel um, because – mainly because it wasn't characters sitting around talking about different political ideologies mm. for entire chapters yeah. or telling their life stories, which I don't mean to do with Tintin. So I found that one of the more interesting aspects. But um, it was strange to have that and then go straight back, you know? I, yeah, and I, th- I don't know what the point of that was. I think it was – I think – I just – I do feel like – the concept of the novel was let's bring Tintin into the new world, right? Let's uh-huh. use the title uh-huh. there. And so they were just like, how can we put as much messed up adult things yeah. 
and, and I don't mean adult like as in R18 rated adult. I just mean like adult as in like as in like breakup, divorces, money, money finances, yeah, yeah. children, relationships, like all that kind of stuff. It's like how much how much of that can we squeeze in? Uh, I know how we can add a bit more of that. Let's do like a full life dream sequence. And so throw a bunch of that stuff that, in. Now that you mentioned that, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe that was like the alternative life that sort of Tintin turned away by becoming that's right and Incan demigod. And it's like, I guess in, in <laughs> yeah, contrast, could be for sure, yeah. that's like what he, he sort of, maybe that's what he was worried growing up would be like now that you mm-hmm. mention it and he does something else. I don't know. Uh, look, look, this is very, Frederick Trutton is a, critically acclaimed author and essayist. This isn't just like something he scratched out. I have no doubt he put in a lot of effort into this. Mm. Um, but you're a smart guy. I'm a smart guy. And I love Tintin. <laughs> if I couldn't enjoy this, like, who's it for? Yeah, it's a great question. And I mean, and I know that you, you kind of through your Radio Tintin kind of put up that you were reading this and I was looking through the responses and a majority of them are like, it's a weird book. Yeah. Like, so I didn't think I saw anyone that was like, Oh yeah, sweet. That's a sick book. So there's, there's two camps from what I discovered an hour ago, looking it up. Um, those on the Tintin forums really hate this book and the yep. novelist, but they're coming from a very, very sort of don't touch Tintin. Like at purist. All, yeah. Which I don't subscribe to. The other ones, the book reviews on book on like magazines and websites, the the reviews by official reviewers, they were largely positive of it. Um, interesting. Which is very interesting. I think maybe that is because of the the prose. Um, I can't imagine it, it. It's out of you know what it does for the character. One thing I will say that I thought I thought this was one of the like. I've got a list of good and bad things here. Mm. One of the good things I had was the name of the character uh, Peppercorn, which is like yeah. Peppercorn. And I thought yeah. that's kind of clever because Urge would use a lot of wordplay in mm. his characters' names. names. You know, like yeah. there's a, a Colonel Spons is meant to be like Sponge in, in Belgian. I thought, mm. okay, that's really clever. He's obviously paid attention to what Urge's done and he's sort of tried to replicate that, even if in a small way. No, mm. that character's actually in Thomas Mann's book, Mann's book, so he didn't even do that. <laughs> so that was one of the few things I was going to credit him for. No, that wasn't him either. So, good, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, like, I, we criticise uh, the 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 writing, um, and you mentioned that the book critics kind of praise it based on the yeah. prose. The, the, like, the the writing itself is, is adept and fine it's just i think i think it's more about the pulling together of the concepts and you know the, just the structure and the things that happen in the book just aren't quite they're just not quite solidified and it just needed to be approached in a different way i think absolutely um, um and the, the the other thing i just wanted to comment on on my like struggling to grasp half the stuff that was going on is we we also got a bunch of like backstories of these other characters, but yeah, the backstories are freaking books in of themselves. They go for again entire chapters, and maybe are we missing something, Josh? Is there something about those characters' backstories that's meant to relate back to the character of Tintin? Maybe, maybe I didn't get it. Maybe, maybe it's like Ulysses' link with um, 
Odysseus or something, and like we need to read Thomas Mann's Magic Mountain to like understand this book. Maybe that's what we're missing. I mean, okay, but you're sort of <laughs> setting like a lot of homework for for people to to read this book. And having said that, like we said, even if I didn't know who Tintin was, even if this is an, an unnamed character, I wouldn't yeah, enjoy still, it. Yeah, no, like, I agree, hundred percent. So you're right. You were probably maybe getting knowing Thomas Mann would maybe help you a little bit. But like we know Tintin, we know Tintin quite well. I think that should be enough to understand a book that's called Tintin in the New World. Yep, I agree. Now the last thing I wanted to ask you here yeah. is, did reading this book has reading this book affected your view of the original Tintin and uh, your is there is there any kernel that's going to remain in your brain going forward? That's are you are you are you referring to any specific scene? Not because not for for example, um, I don't I don't want to think about Tintin talking about his penis, <laughs> uh, which he does in this novel. Um, I guess I was and, thinking of that. Yeah, scene, and I don't want to imagine um, Tintin describing to her, who is it? Oh yeah, that's right. His blistering barnacles. Talking dog about how he gets his uh, for, how he got his first erection and what he did with it. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's really uh, not something I want to add to uh, to my interpretation of Verge's uh, works. But the the thing is, it's probably not going to affect it because to me, this is I was going to compare it to like to like um, deviant art of like Tintin and, and Haddock. Blistering barnacles. Yeah. But I think even that is more faithful to the Tintin <laughs> that's depicted in, in the albums than the Tintin in this. Like, uh, I, I feel like at least that comes from, you know, um, uh, rudimentary understanding and appreciation of it. So, next question, no, this isn't going to stick with me. Are you worried okay. this will stick with you? <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. I, I, I was just worried about you with your um your ongoing interests. Well, I mean, I may look. Th- <laughs> that's the thing. Like, you can't look into uh, the the sexual subtext of Tintin too hard because it is so purposely devoid of of sex. So, um, yeah. um which you know has led many interpreters to you know see a a a sexual relationship or at least a romantic relationship between Tintin and Haddock because there's such a absence of yeah femininity there. But um, and again, it could have like it's fine to be in there. It just it's it was just done so strangely like even okay like a novel where like let's take the basics a novel where tintin goes and falls in love and it causes him to um question uh and 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 to look back on his life and reflect on it that i've got no problems with that i've, I've got no problems with tintin blistering barnacles if you want to make tintin blistering barnacles that's fine but make sure it's actually Tintin blistering barnacles. And Tintin is blistering <laughs> barnacles. How Tintin would blistering barnacles. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Just respect the character and and, and appreciate and understand the character because as yeah. I've said several times, I did not I did not see the the author's appreciation of Tintin. Yeah, and like this. And just as just reiterating again, nothing that was that is the the original Tintin was present. Like, pretty much every action that this Tintin took 
had nothing that the original Tintin would in common. And I just think, you know, well, there is that scene. Sorry, you go. I was just saying, like the woman he falls in love with is 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 a essentially a prostitute. Um, yes. And this just, I just think there would have been so much more for for a for a boy reporter, an yeah. investigative journalist. I just feel like there would have been more more wrestling with that and uncovering that than kind of. And you know, Josh, I'd love to see the kind of girl that Tintin would fall in love with. Like, I'd love to see, you know, the 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 woman, um, who who makes you know Tintin grow up essentially. I, th- I think that's a that's a really good idea. That's that's great. Uh, it. But you're right. I, I could not see the Tintin that I know falling in love with with this this woman that 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 we've talked about. Couldn't see it at all. Exactly. And she also she also just doesn't have a presence in the novel either. Like really, the main characters are this Setembrini and Naptha and the, whoever that other guy was that spoke about his backstory for like four chapters. Those yeah. were the main three characters. And then yeah, anyway. And again, uh, not to belabor the point, we're not getting much of during these big winded conversations. Tintin says like one or two lines. He yeah. barely says anything. It's not like we get. It's not like these characters introduce Tintin to a brand new idea and then he's forced to consider that and how that fits in with his rather shallow worldview. That would be really interesting. We don't get that at all. It's, as you said, so much of it is, is, you know, Tintin, but it's focused so much on other, on other characters. Yeah. Yeah. That about, that about sums it up. Anything else to add? I don't think so. I think we've covered, covered pretty much everything. Um, Well, my final verdict is I'm glad I read this because I'm a Tintin um, completionist completionist and it's very interesting to read um what you know is is one of the very few you know approved pieces of, of i guess you could call it fan art though i don't know how much of a fan you can consider frederick Toon, considering how he missed the character so entirely so i'm glad i read it in that sense um the uh the the end of it uh, however is i think for anyone who's not attending completionist this is a grotesque waste of your time to read um if you're curious no even then hey guys if you love tintin don't read this it's not going to add anything don't do it don't read this book i've done it for you there's nothing there for you just read read a fan fiction online i guarantee you it's going to have be more respectful of the character than frederick Tutin is i'm giving this one star I am going to second that. I'm also going to give it one star. Fantastic. Well, that's settled then in the grave. Frederick Trudin, I'm sure, is a lovely guy, and he's very critically acclaimed. He's a very talented writer, and he has made more money than I ever will, and I'm sure he has fantastic essays that are appreciated and loved. But do not read Tintin in New World by Frederick Trudin. Josh! What are we going to read next week? Before, oh, should we talk about socials, or should we do our next week's read? What do you Let's think? do next week read first, and then. We'll what do you got for me, Josh? Maybe a maybe a, a, a novel where Asterix fillets himself. <laughs> what does that sound? Uh, if I could find it, I would uh, I would suggest it. But I think because um, we kind of did a Tintin reimagined that yeah. I might, even though this was somewhat of a failure. Um, oh. I think let's continue with the reimagining thought. And I, because this is a novel that I've been meaning to read for a while. Yeah. Um, and I am suggesting that we read Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Now, describe what this novel is. So Hamnet is essentially talking about Shakespeare and mm. his son um, that passed away, but I believe – in real life. But I believe the book is uh, – I can't remember if, if it's an alternative history in the sense that he doesn't pass away or if it's just a kind of a peek at what life would have been post that event for Shakespeare and his family. Well, that sounds very, very interesting, um, and I look forward to reading Hamnet. Oh, it's only published last year, so very recent. Yeah, very recent, yeah. I look forward to reading it, and uh, judging by the very short entry in Wikipedia, it's been nominated for a number of prizes, so um, fingers crossed that is that is one for the good Should book. hopefully get us back on the on the track with, yeah, the on. good book boys, yeah. Which, that's what, that's what we are, yeah. Um, where can we find you, uh, Jazzman? You can find me at Hot Cup of Jazz. Um, I am posting and mostly doing stories. And, um, you know, you can also find me at 98.7 RPPFM on Wednesday nights, 8 till 10. I listened to you uh, last Yes, you did. Week. Yes. And, you know, I feel like that shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a difficult thing. Um, so make sure you do send me a message like you did last time and remind me because it's very the app is very easy to use and you can just have it on in the background and listen to jazz and josh and what more does a man need exactly. in this day and age exactly. not very much where can we find you uh you can find me my instagram is latte richer underscore that's l-a-t-t-e-r-a-t-u-r-b underscore um or if you'd like to hear me talk more about tintin in a more <laughs> scripted and more positive manner. Uh, I promise not all my dealings with the franchise are one star. Most of them are significantly more stars than that. You can follow my Instagram, Tintin.podcast, or listen to my podcast, Radio Tintin, available on all good podcast apps, uh, upon which you may be hearing this because... I think we'll release this on the Good Book Boys podcast and also on the Radio Tintin podcast because, Josh, content is content, and may we all feast upon it. Exactly. <laughs> what, what else have you been reading? What else have I been reading? Great question. Um, let me take a quick look at Literature uh, underscore, which has a running record of the books I've been reading. Well, also, I am currently reading a short collection of horror stories uh the best dark fantasy and horror from 2010 um because i picked it up from a library a couple of years ago uh x x borrow x rental i want to say but that sounds like okay i was gonna say do, have you just stolen it or? yeah no well, that's what you do i'm pretty sure that's how libraries work um i'm enjoying that and i'm continuing i'm reading a lot of uh, uh you know uh, quarterly essays and Australian foreign affairs, uh, just to keep my mind sharp. And what are you reading besides uh, bad interpretations of Belgian Franken comic characters? So I, uh, last podcast, I was saying I was reading Madame Bovary by Flaubert. Um, yeah, so I yeah. finished that, and that was uh, terrifying. Do not read that book. It's horrifying. Oh, really? Nothing. Wait, in what way? Oh, it's just, it's just too much it's it's so unhappy um and french i guess <laughs> um that it's like it's written really well and it's it's obviously a classic for a reason but 
yes, I don't know. At these current times, it's just not edifying to read, um, and it's super depressing. Um, and it ends with a really detailed description of the main character. I mean, this is another spoiler, so spoiler alert. But it ends with a really detailed, like, medical description of the main character um, eating rat poison and killing herself. Um, wow. And it's just horrendous. So. Uh. I read Monday, it. Monday, right? <laughs> exactly, Garfield. Um, so I read that, but now I'm now I'm reading the Dubliners by James Joyce, which is a oh, collection, collection of short stories. Um, James Joyce, just write like a normal person. Well, see if you if you want to read James Joyce r- writing like a normal person, read the Dubliners. Oh, it's not like uh, Ulysses. no, no, no. It's not like Ulysses. No, 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 no. Um, it's 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 yeah. It's a collection of short stories kind of um about uh obviously the people of dublin um mm. at the time that he was alive which is you know early 19 1900s um really well written really interesting takes i mean often often also kind of sad mm. stories sad outlooks but it's it's kind of it's it's realistic um and it's really and well, well written. written and easy uh, to easy so i'm enjoying it yeah, easy to read. You can read a story in a sitting easily, two stories um, even. So I'm enjoying that. And I'll move on from there to Middlemarch uh, once I finish that. So we'll potentially hear what I think of that in the next podcast. Well, in the meantime, I'm excited to uh, crack into Hamnet. Um, I'm excited to understand the relation to the name Hamlet and if that was an inspiration for the sun or vice versa, it wouldn't be the no, it wouldn't be. From memory, I think it's interchangeable. I think Hamlet well, and Hamlet are interchangeable back then. Well, that's a bit silly, and I'm glad <laughs> they stopped doing that because you can't just interchange letters what, you, and expect people to understand. What, you wouldn't be happy if I called you Annex? I would not. I'd be like, you're mispronouncing my name. <laughs> There's an L there. As you can see, it's a different letter. Therefore, it has a different sound. But anyway, hey, I didn't write freaking King Lear, so what do I know? Yeah, I'm just happy as long as there's not um, a character that holds the base of his penis while a dog tries to jump on it. That's... Oh, my! don't remind me. We're <laughs> over. The book's closed. We're never dealing with that again. Oh. And then he... Oh. Why? Don't... Talk to your dog. Don't show it to your dog. <laughs> anyway, on that charming image of Belgian's most loved comic creation, exposing himself. Um, we've been us, the good book boys. We've been the good book boys. We haven't had a good book this time, um, but we hope to next time because, as we always say, what's what do we always say, Josh? If it isn't a good book, leave it on the shelf. Amen to that. See you later. See ya.